Welcome back, listeners. This is Austin Roberts. Here on the EcoSIF podcast, we engage leading thinkers in conversations about the kinds of transformations required to create a more sustainable, peaceful, and equitable world. If you enjoy this podcast, you can help support the work that we are doing by making a donation at ecosiv.org. Today, ECOSIV's communications manager, Megan Anderson, talks with Sophie Karasik, who is the deputy communications director for the Sunrise Movement. If you haven't already heard of Sunrise, you'll learn all about the important work that they're doing in this episode. But in short, Sunrise is an American youth-led activist movement that advocates for political action to address climate change. Currently, they are especially focused on moving the Green New Deal forward in the United States. Sophie talks about the movement's mission to tackle both climate change and inequality together, and how others can get involved and support Sunrise. Megan also asks her about the Green New Deal, what it is, how to move it forward, and why the influence of big money in politics remains a major obstacle today. And now, here's Megan and Sophie. Today I'm here with Sophie Karasik, the Sunrise Movement's Deputy Communications Director. Welcome, Sophie. Thank you. So can you briefly tell us a bit about yourself and how you got involved in the Sunrise Movement? Sure, yeah. So I'm 25. I grew up in Boston and went to school in California and now live in New York City. And I got involved in the climate movement when I was 16. When I was growing up in Boston, I became a door-to-door canvasser for a program to expand the five-cent deposit on plastic containers and learned early on in that campaign how important it is to be talking to and organizing on behalf of everyday people and the importance of really having movements be led by people who are going to be directly impacted and also learned that we have to fight both income inequality and climate change at the same time and that they're very connected. So when I learned about Sunrise and that it specifically was working to address both climate change and this crisis that we face of income inequality and racial inequality in America, then I felt that that was exactly work that I wanted to be doing. Yeah, it's very important to think about nowadays the the intersectionality of everything we're doing. And like you said, young people are the ones that are going to be most impacted in the future. Right, yeah. And so you said a bit about um, the Sunrise Movement already, but for listeners who may be less familiar with the movement overall, could you talk a little bit about how the movement began and what its mission is um, ultimately? Sure, yeah. So we are a movement of ordinary young people from all walks of life, all across America and every corner of the country, who came together in 2017 because we felt that we needed to do more to really stop climate change and also to address the crisis of income inequality and racial disparities as well. And these things were, as I said before, 
completely interrelated and couldn't be separated from each other. So Sunrise launched with Hub in different parts of the country and uh, built up a small army of young people uh, last summer who were really involved in canvassing the 2018 election and now have been able to put the Green New Deal on the map in November 2018. Wonderful. And that kind of leads right in what I wanted to talk about next is this Green New Deal, which is an idea um, and a bill that's been circulating a lot lately. I'm not sure many of our listeners know what it is, um, but some may also be unfamiliar. Sure. So, yeah, if you could describe briefly what it is and especially what makes it important for the Sunrise Movement and your work in particular. Yeah. So the Green New Deal is a 10-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American society to transform our economy to 100% clean and renewable energy by 2030 and guarantee a living wage job to anyone who needs one, and also to facilitate a just transition of that economy to both workers and frontline communities. So this is something that is important to us because, like I said, there is a crisis happening in America right now where there are a few elite people and special interests that control an overwhelming amount of resources relative to everybody else, relative to the rest of us. And this is something that has just been really, really hard for people to be living through this period of like living paycheck to paycheck while you also have these like corporate CEOs who make like $30,000 a minute not doing anything. So it's really important to have a Green New Deal because this is actually a plan to put people to work doing the things that need to be done in order to stop climate change. And that we, you know, we have the solution. It's clear what needs to be done. But the people who are the fossil fuel executives, they have it in their best interest financially to stop us. So it's something that there's, you know, an elite few that will, that are profiting at the expense of everyone else. And what the Green New Deal would do is actually put resources into the hands of people who are already transitioning their communities and scale up existing programs. And I know that Sunrise in particular has been doing a lot of mobilization efforts around the Green New Deal, which have been really empowering for, again, young people. Do you have any success stories that really inspire you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the fact that we're even talking about the Green New Deal right now is a huge success. It's completely changed the conversation. I mean, this is the biggest moment that, that, that we've had in this space for a really long time. And you have, you know, half of the contenders for the Democratic presidential nomination who have endorsed the Green New Deal. We have over 100 hubs that have sprung up just in the last six months. We have, you know, thousands of people who are taking action in their communities. It's really inspiring to see. And 
I think that now people actually have an opportunity in their own communities to get involved too, because we have just launched this national tour, the Road to a Green New Deal tour in Boston, that kicked off in Boston uh, last week and was just in Detroit and yesterday went to Iowa and we're coming to Chico and LA and uh, New Orleans and Kentucky and there are over 250 town halls that are being held around the country as well that people are putting on themselves and it's just completely wild <laughs> actually to see how many people are really taking the initiative and saying yes this is really needed in my community and I want to fight for it and bringing the community members together how to do that. That's incredible. What do you think the threshold is in terms of pushing the new Green New Deal forward? Like where, what's that like the point in which we cross um, that would make it easier to push all these policies and actually get things moving in place? Or do you see that happening already? Well, so on the state and local level, there are already places that are taking action. So LA is considering uh, its own Green New Deal. So it's uh, Santa Fe in New Mexico, New York City, lots of different places around the country are taking steps to enact this locally. And then on the state level, there is pioneering legislation in New York State that would do similar things around creating both clean green energy or clean green jobs and also making sure that we're stopping climate change to the degree possible in new state. And so, yeah, this is a big part of why we are involved in really pushing for candidates to actually be taking a stand on this issue by endorsing the Green New Deal and also not taking fossil fuel money from fossil fuel executives from those companies. And we, you know, believe that it's not going to be possible to pass a Green New Deal while Trump's in the White House. So this is something that we have to be involved in organizing on nationwide is actually building both people power and political power. That was just what I was going to mention next is what you think the biggest roadblocks are. Like you said, the political for the most part. And then like the fossil fuel companies. Yeah. Do you think that mobilization is one of the best way forwards? Yeah. So what I would say is that like the biggest roadblocks are things that are that we already know about, like the influence of money in politics. So the vast majority of Americans, both Republicans and Democrats, agree with the component policies of the Green New Deal. Like over it's overwhelmingly popular. Like public opinion is with people are with us. The problem is that there is so much money that is concentrated in the pockets of fossil fuel executives who don't want that kind of transition to happen and have been fermenting it for years. So I think that the biggest challenge is that you know we are ordinary people that are going up against people who have unlimited resources and so 
it's yeah, it's very challenging, but that's the way that it is with with everything um, in this day and age. So I and I feel like ultimately the power lies with the people. The power lies with the public, and so that's why we're mobilizing is because yeah, our political leaders should be beholden to us, ordinary people, not to moneyed interests. Right, exactly. And it seems that a lot of the mobilization efforts have obviously been working. Um, and it's very right. inspiring to see you know, hundreds or thousands of young people standing on the footsteps of Capitol buildings mm-hmm. demanding action. Yeah, exactly. It's like people have felt this way for a long time, and now we're really creating the space for people to get involved. I'm sure, just like you said, a lot of people are already supportive. And I'm sure that we have listeners now who are also interested um, in learning more about how they can get involved. Sunrise, I know, is a movement for and led by young people. Um, But are are there ways that people of all ages, young and old, can get involved in supporting um, your work? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, so we're led by young people, but there's, yeah, many ways that people of all ages can support us. So first of all, we are having these town halls that I mentioned that are happening all over the country. And so if you are interested in going to a Green New Deal town hall or putting one on yourself, uh, you can go to our website, sunrisemovement.org and see what events are happening uh, near you. You can just put in your zip code um, or you can sign up to host one. And the other thing is that we, like I said, we are going up against people who have a a few people who have a lot of money, a lot of power. So whatever resources that people are able to contribute to this, that's also extremely helpful. Even if it's just time, we have lots of people who volunteer for us. I mean, we're mostly volunteers, so (laughs) there are lots of ways that people can be involved. Wonderful. I wanted to touch briefly on this idea of an ecological civilization movement, which is, you know, kind of moving towards this new reality, um, a new civilization based on mutual flourishing and holistic and systemic change um, that organization has been working on um, and creating these long-term visions for the future and kind of backcasting to create roadmaps for the present, which I feel in a lot of ways Sunrise Movement is doing as well as thinking about where do we want to be in the future um, and what can we do now to help create that future? Do you see any overlap between the work that we're doing and kind of the work you're doing and how they could be mutually supportive? Yeah, I mean, I think that for the last 10 years, I mean, especially like within the last election, there's a lot of talk about what we don't want. And, you know, it's a lot easier to criticize things and say, you know, we don't like this than to propose an alternative or to propose a solution. And yeah, that's really what this is about is like, we know what the problem is. We've talked a lot about the problem for the last 30 years with regards to the issue of climate change. And now in the last like 10 years about income inequality, and it's time to actually take action. So I think that, yeah, that definitely overlaps with what we're trying to do. And also because 
you know, if we don't actually stop climate change, then we won't have a civilization. So that's, of course, completely interrelated. Right, exactly. I don't know if it's hit a lot of people yet that not addressing this problem just means the end of how we're living. I guess one last thing before we kind of close is if you had you know, ideas of three books or videos or podcasts that kind of inspire you in your work that you'd like to share or recommend to our listeners. Yeah, uh, I really was have been influenced by George Lakoff. He is a cognitive linguist um, and professor emeritus at UC Berkeley, whose book is called Don't Think of an Elephant, Know Your Values and Frame the Debate. So I definitely recommend that for anyone who's wondering, like, well, why are people, why do people think the way they think with regards to politics? It was really eye-opening for me. Uh, it, like, delves into, yeah, why progressives, what values are driving progressives, what values are driving conservatives. Uh, and then I would recommend This is an Uprising, which is uh, by Mark and Paul Engler. It's about movements that have successfully been able to change the conversation or completely change governments sometimes, actually. And those folks have been really influential to Sunrise, who wrote the book. And then the last one is called Hegemony How To, which is by Jonathan Smucker, which is also about the need to really think about how do we develop power for the people and how do we actually create solutions and move beyond talking about the problems, but really thinking about how do we create a society that works for all of us. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on today. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Take care.